Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Pittsburgh's. Steeler fans, welcome to another edition of the Steelers Fix. Andrew Wilbar and Jeremy Betts with you, the legendary Jeremy Betts. Let me not forget that part. As always, we are coming to you from the Steel Curtain Network. Follow us on Twitter at Steel C Network. We are part of the all-new Fans First Sports Network. Be sure to follow us there at Fans First SN. You can follow our NFL exclusive page at FFSN underscore NFL. Let me bring in the legendary Jeremy Betts. Jeremy, how's your week going? It's going pretty good, although I do have to say I'm a little hurt because uh, Jeffrey Benedict told me on the Steelers Q&A the other night that you call him legendary as well when you're on shows with him. And so, I don't know, I feel like my status here is is uh, as legendary. I, I don't know if it means anything, actually. If everybody's just legendary, what, what's that mean, Andrew Wilbar? Well, what's going well, on? Well, look at it this way. Michigan is all about legendary and University oh. of Michigan from everything, that in and of itself is legendary. So regardless of anything else, yeah, you know, yeah. Je- Jeffrey is automatically legendary because he is a Michigan man. Okay. Whereas you, on the other hand, it takes it takes more effort <laughs> and it takes more heart. It has to come from the heart because it can't come from anywhere else. This is, <laughs> this is me being as sincere as possible, putting all fandom aside, oh, the wow. legendary Jeremy Betts. There you well, go. Well, thank you. Okay, all right. I'll take it. If I actually earned it and wasn't like, you know, it's just a, a random choice I made like Jeffrey, then uh, I'll take it. So well, see, I'm hurt because you said you found out from Jeffrey. So that means you didn't listen to our show. So you didn't even care to listen to oh, me that you were. Oh. <laughs> I skipped the intro. I just wanted to get into the meat of it. That's ah. how it was. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, man. Well, for those of you listening, we thank you so much for taking yes. the time to listen to our show each and every week. Be sure to check out many of our other great podcasts we have. We share Tuesdays with Jeffrey Benedict, as we were just talking about. He is the host of On the Steelers Cutting Room Floor podcast. If you want in-depth film breakdowns through a podcast, a very unique perspective, be sure to check out that podcast on Tuesday mornings. And then in the evenings, be sure to check out The Scobro Show. That is our YouTube live show for Tuesday evenings. And you can also check it out on any of these great podcast platforms. The one that you are listening to right now is just fine. But they have a lot of fun, and they have a lot of interaction with the live chat. So if you want to get in on the action, you can watch it on YouTube, usually 8, 9 o'clock, roughly, Eastern time. You can check in on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and turn on the notifications bell, and that way you will be notified each time they go live, and you can jump in on the live chat action. I jumped in real briefly today. Jeremy, we're recording this on Monday. Uh, Checked in on the Steelers' hangover with Tate and Shannon White. Tate was filling in, and I got a mention on the show. Um, hey. about Corey Trice, and then uh, I believe Tate was talking about Ohio State and cheering on Ohio State and go Ohio State. And so I'd, I'd, <laughs> I'd chime back in the live chat with uh, yeah, go blue and as always, hashtag fire Harbaugh. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, see, it, you Michigan fans just you don't even support your own team. It's 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 hilarious to me. So see, we're realists. You know, we're uh, realists. Okay. <laughs> Harbaugh's the problem after beating Ohio State two years in a row. I after don't know losing two years in a row in the college football playoff in blowout fashion. Yeah. Okay. So With pick three your weeks poison. To <laughs> anyway, pick your poison not- there. I guess. This is not a Michigan podcast. This is a Steelers podcast. That is the Thankfully. one thing Jimmy and I can agree on. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to discuss the Pittsburgh Steelers, our beloved black and gold. And we're talking yes. about 2024. I know this isn't going to be everyone's cup of tea, but this is what Je- Je- uh, I keep saying Jeffrey now, Jeremy <laughs> and I, you guys' yeah. names are too similar. You guys, it's too is, close. Yeah. He, he yeah, needs to change his. Too, yeah. yeah. But Jeremy and I, we loved looking ahead. The Steelers fix is comprised of topics that discuss Steelers team building, whether it be free agency, the draft, and we discuss other topics as they come about during the season. We'll get into some fantasy football at times, but primarily this is about Steelers roster building. So we're looking ahead to 2024. Today we're going to be looking at future free agents. Guys, the Steelers are going to have to re-sign or extend before next offseason. And then we're also going to look at the potential team needs based upon who the Steelers could be losing, based upon maybe what the needs are right now and what the Steelers have coming ahead in free agency that they may or may not be able to address. So we're going to get into all of that today. But uh, Jeremy, <laughs> let's, <Do> again, <laughs> let's start with, as I try to learn how to speak again, let's try to you know rewind this a little bit and talk about a topic real quickly. Uh, Jeff Hartman from Behind yeah. the Steel Curtain. The legendary Jeff Hartman <laughs> discussed oh, a topic based upon some things that he had heard. And Jeff reported that there is legitimate interest between Chase Young and the Pittsburgh Steelers. We know that Mike Tomlin was high on him coming out of college. Jeremy, you're close to Chase Young being an Ohio State guy. Yes. What would your initial reaction be if we don't know what's going to happen? Who knows? Within the next 12 hours, we may hear something that could change everything but as of right now chase young is not headed to the steelers what would your initial reaction be if you heard that chase young was going to pittsburgh how much how much did you spend omar that's what i'd want to know because i mean i i I subscribe to the philosophy on defense that you can never have too many guys on the front in the front seven you can't have too many really good players there i mean if you do not have an elite quarterback Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. If you don't have one, one of those guys, we, we've seen it work now with the Eagles, the San Francisco 49ers, several teams that make it to the big dance because they have a rotation on defense that can withstand injury depth to, to mess with these big quarterbacks, big name quarterbacks. And that's how you combat it. And the Steelers, as of right now, do not have that quarterback. So I'm telling you without the bias of this is an Ohio state boy, I would love for him to be on the Steelers. He was, he was one of my favorite prospects coming out of Ohio state in a long time because it just, he just seemed to have that complete game and it hasn't necessarily worked out in, in the best fashion in Washington. You've seen flashes of that brilliance of the talent, but injuries have derailed his career a little bit. And I mean, it's not like he's a, a bust necessarily, but he just hasn't 
quite lived up to that full hype, full potential. Maybe coming to Pittsburgh could could cure that. Maybe he could improve his game uh, next to TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith, Cam Hayward, all of these these big names on the on the front. That's going to uh, be an, an impressive cast to work with, and I think that it could really help him out. So it all comes back though to me is what you give up to get him because. We're going to talk about it a little bit later and over the next couple shows, I think defensive line is probably something that will be high on the Steelers list of needs going into 2024. Do you want to go after a guy you're going to have to pay big bucks if he has a breakout season or he's just going to be a one-year rental or are you willing to kind of forego that and say, "Eh, we're probably looking at this position anyway, high in the draft. Let's go get a guy that we don't have to pay for a few years, the big bucks that maybe can help us out as we uh, start to have to pay guys like Alex Highsmith and maybe restructure some contracts for Minka Fitzpatrick and some other big names uh, that have contracts coming up. Uh, Najee Harris, you're going to have to decide on his future soon as well. So there's, there's a lot of different angles to look at here when, when you're trying to make a decision, how much did you spend Omar? That's going to be my first question. My first thought. If we spend top dollar on a running back, I swear, Everything Omar Khan did is going off. Back to the topic. The biggest thing when it comes to Chase Young, I think the biggest topic of discussion has been, where is he going to play? He's He has displayed a decent bit of versatility. Yeah. He can play 4-3 end. He can play 3-4 end. I believe he's capable of playing 3-4 outside backer. Yeah. Uh, now, the Steelers have had some big guys in the past. Bud Dupree, I mean, physically, athletically, Bud Dupree is very similar mold to what Chase Young is. Long, big edge rusher. Dupree was in the 270 range. Chase Young is listed, I believe, at 265 right now, six foot five, 265, according to Washington's website. Mm. I think he would be capable of playing three, four outside linebacker. A lot of people are plugging him inside, and he has good strength for his size. But I think you could put him in a rotation on the outside yeah. and have him as a stand up rush linebacker. You could even do that with him. But I think it means one of two things if the Steelers do make a move like this. One, it means bye-bye 3-4 defense, and they want to move to 4-3. Or this is Andy Weidel's way of saying, we are bringing in a Philadelphia mindset. And you alluded to it a minute ago with stacking the edge rushers. Because we already know the Steelers, they've been very transparent. They want to extend Alex Eisenman. They don't want to lose Alex Eisenman. Depending on the price they may have to, and maybe they feel like Chase Young would be cheaper based on what the two have accomplished up to this point in their career. When you look at Philadelphia's roster last year, Josh Sweat, Robert Quinn, Brandon Graham, Derek Barnett, they had a bunch of rushes. That's just on the defense defensive end. Let's we haven't even discussed defensive tackle. So the Steelers, if they are going in with that mindset, we are going to build defensive line. This could show how much of a say Andy Whitel really has in the organization of the team roster, which we both believe he has a good bit of yeah. authority at this point. But Jeremy, I, I'm curious as to what your thoughts are if the Steelers make this move I don't know that necessarily means the Steelers wouldn't extend Alex Highsmith they could do both and this is just their way of saying we're gonna stack our depth at edge rusher yeah and I think it says a lot about what the Steelers think of themselves in 2023 are they building something to be a, a true Super Bowl contender in 2024 or do they think they're there and they just need to just load up and go for it. Um, you'll, you'll, you'll see that mindset displayed as well. But I think you hit the nail on the head is 
how much say does the personnel department have in the roster building as or in concordance with Mike Tomlin? Because up until recently, it's kind of been Tomlin's show, but we saw in the draft this year, I think that that he's being more a little more reliant on guys like Weidel to to bring in talent that strengthen the team where Philadelphia, that Philadelphia Howie Roseman mindset felt the team needed to be strongest, which is on the, on the lines. So it's going to tell a lot about the Steelers and not necessarily if they don't make the move, but if they do make the move, I think that says a lot. If they don't make the move that you can have any number of factors as to why. So making the move is what tells you a lot about the Steelers. It's going to be interesting to see what the Steelers do, because this could tell a lot about their philosophy for coming years. But before we get into the topic of today's co- of today's show, a more somber note, um, this is just coming in as we were as on our Slack channel. It was just mentioned uh, that the great Pittsburgh broadcasting icon, Stan the Man Savron, mm. uh, has passed away. So prayers with the family yes, uh, during this time. Uh, 100%. Again, this is just coming in, but uh, prayers with the family, thoughts and prayers with them during this difficult time. Let's move into the topic of today's show. Jeremy. Yeah. I'm, it's, it's, I have to think about it a little bit, but I'm, I'm getting there. You're getting there. That's my name. I'm, yes. <laughs> I'm getting there. Jeremy. Okay. I just got to say it enough times. I wish the Steelers had a bunch of Jeremy's on the roster and that would probably help a little bit. Yeah, but it would. Yeah. It they would. don't, though. <laughs> <laughs> I know. They're, they don't have that many Andrews either, so you know neither of us are alone. But getting into the topic, Steelers 2024 free agents. Right now, we're going to break this down. We're not going to look at every individual free agent. We're going to look at the guys who are making over $1 million in base salary this year. And those guys that are expected to hit the market next year are Levi Wallace, Montrevious Adams, Gunnar Olszewski. He's still on the roster, which... Uh, a lot of us forget, but he could yeah. still be in the wide receiver mix. I get a sense he's probably not going to make the roster, but we'll see. Miles Killebrew, Zach Gentry, Marcus Golden, James Pierre, Chandon Sullivan, Armin Watts, LaRaven Clark, Alex Highsmith, Mason Rudolph, Miles Boykin, Anthony Miller, and Tanner Muse. So outside of Alex Highsmith, Jeremy, there's not that many huge yeah. names when you're looking at it. And the Steelers are expected to have a little bit of cap space to work with. It, we'll see what happens in terms of extensions and how that's going to fall on the salary cap. But this year, if I read the contracts right, Deontay Johnson's cap number comes down a little bit next year, which is the one thing I do like about uh, this, the way that they structured his contract. Yes. Uh, I, I'm i curious as to what your thoughts are of who stays with these guys and who ends up leaving. Let's start about, let's talk about guys who you believe are going to be resigned for sure. Looking at this list, who are some guys that you believe are deadlocks to be Resigned, retained for the future. <laughs> Alex Heisman. <laughs> That's about it. I mean, seriously, of this group, uh, I think they like James Pierre. I-, I think they like him more than other teams would. I don't see Montrevious Adams coming back necessarily with some of the young guys that they've got in there now. Marcus Golden seems to be that one year rental type guy. Armon Watts, Raven Clark. These are all rotational guys that the Steelers have no qualms with just kind of cycling through. And so the only other name that's intriguing to me really is Levi Wallace. And I think that that comes down to the, the other corners, the young corners, the rookies here, how good, how fast will they be? And if, if Corey Trice 
plays like we think he can, then I think Levi Wallace could find himself on the outside looking in next year. I think they keep him around this year, obviously because of the, uh, for depth reasons, but also for leadership purposes in, in the secondary, a guy who's been there, done that communication, you know, he's going to help even Patrick Peterson acclimate to this defense because he's been there. He knows the calls. He knows the mindset on the back end. He knows how Terrell Austin and company, you know, like to do things on, on defense. So I think he's safe this year. Obviously he's not going to be a, like a last minute cut, but next year it's tough to say. And so this list really doesn't, doesn't do much for me other than the fact that the Steelers are probably going to be replacing a lot of these guys if they haven't decided to cut some of them already. You already mentioned Gunnar Olszewski as a potential cut candidate this year. Zach Gentry kind of falls in that category for mm-hmm. me too because of the other talent that they have there and because, you know, it, it there's only so many players you can keep and tight end four, <laughs> that's not really a prime position necessarily. Tight end three yeah. even, the Steelers haven't necessarily kept them on the active roster uh tight end three so it's going to be interesting to see how they play that with so many wide receivers so many defensive backs that they have to make decisions on so i would say it's it's very and i'm sorry i'm jumping ahead too as to kind of who goes but not many of these guys i don't i don't see staying in 2024 yeah i mean you really can put this all in one category Looking at the list, I think there's a high probability. I wouldn't call it a lock, but I think there's a high probability. Armin Watts, if he has a solid season, he stays around as a depth okay. guy, especially with Cameron Hayward aging, with the Steelers potentially losing Montrevious Adams. Maybe they opt for Adams instead. But I get the sense if uh, Keanu Benton has a solid year, I feel like they would be more willing to allow his backup to go than a guy who's backing up a 35-year-old Cameron Hayward or near 35-year-old Cameron Hayward. So it, it's it's something to consider, but when looking at the rest of the guys, yeah, Alex Highsmith. Yeah. Anthony Miller. Will he even make the team? Miles Boykin will even make the team. You know, both of those guys I liked coming out. I really liked Anthony Miller coming out, but there's only so much room in this wide receiver room. If Hakeem Butler makes the roster, that's even one less spot. Yeah. I don't see Gunner making the roster. I know the Steelers liked him when they brought him in. They like it. They liked his special teams prowess, but he was not the same guy outside of New England. He's one of those guys that just fit what New England needed, what New England wanted, and he fit in with their strong special teams unit, and their special teams unit made him look good. The Steelers don't have as good of a special teams unit around, especially on returns in terms of blocking, and you know that made it a little bit more evident when he was returning kicks and punts and just wasn't quite as explosive. Right, I agree with you. It's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out, obviously, because then you're looking at you're looking at price as well for these guys. And, you know, Omar Khan isn't one to shy away from paying a guy because he fits the the team because he can make it work. So, you know, it, like you said, if, if a guy like Armand Watts really plays well, then, you know, you can fit him in to what you're trying to do in the, in the upcoming year. And maybe that pushes defensive line down the draft board a little bit and you can focus on something else that that's a higher priority, I think the conversation, Andrew, gets really, really interesting if Kenny Pickett struggles this year. Yeah. The conversation gets extremely interesting if Kenny Pickett does not take a step forward and has some issues, if the offense struggles as a whole. We've been very optimistic up to this point, and rightfully so. There's a lot of good pieces, but 
if if the offense struggles in some capacity, then this whole topic could change because you've got guys like even veteran guys like Deontay Johnson and Allen Robinson now that um, if if they're if they're not contributing to this offense, is it are you going to keep Deontay Johnson at that salary when you could go draft a, a wide receiver that's going to be pro ready in the first round? It's going to be a good wide receiver class next year too. And so you've got, you've got a bunch of options here, but the conversation gets really interesting on that offensive side of the ball. If some of these young guys do not take a step forward, I would even include Najee Harris in that group who seemed to improve down the stretch last season, but contract time coming up for him. Got a lot of wear and tear on those tires. If he seems to be running out of juice, maybe what do the Steelers do at running back even? So you've got lots of questions to answer and it extends even beyond this this potential free agent uh, crop that the Steelers are going to have heading into 2024. And if Pickett struggles, that throws in, okay, is, do the Steelers see Matt Canada as the bigger issue or the players as the bigger yeah. issue? And I think the one benefit of even as someone who is more of a proponent of Malik Willis during the pre-draft process, I think one of the benefits of having a hometown guy like Pickett is that it will give the team more of an urge to move on from Canada if the offense is not working yeah, and find true. a different offense coordinator that's going to suit Kenny Pickett if something does not go well. And I think that will put a little bit more pressure on Matt Canada as opposed to Kenny Pickett. Uh, whereas I don't know if it would have been the same way if Mike Tomlin would have been the say, and you know, yeah, I don't consider this breaking news. I had heard this at the combine pretty confidently. And I, I think a lot of us saw it during the pre-draft process. Mike Tomlin wanted Malik Willis. Mm. That was Mike Tomlin's guy. Art Rooney II wanted Kenny Pickett. And Heavy reports in that direction, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it, so it, it's, it, you know, you could say, well, Mike Tomlin like Kenny. I, th I think he kind of secured that way after the draft when he said, you know, we see Pickett as, you know, a high-floor guy. Yeah, that's and true. And when he said that, that's just like, okay. And, you know, I'm not saying Pickett doesn't have upside. I, I mean, he. I think he is poised to have a breakout season. I'm just saying, like, if the Steelers would have gone in the direction of Wills, even if Tomlin was a believer in him, I believe the Steelers' brass as a whole would have been much less likely to move on from Matt Canada if the offense struggles. I feel now, year two, there's no excuses for Matt Canada. If the offense struggles, he goes, Pickett stays. They find an offense coordinator that helps Pickett get to the level he needs to be. Yeah, the personnel's there. It's put up or shut up for Matt Canada in 2023. Absolutely. Well, don't go anywhere, Steelers fans. We have an interesting second half coming up. Of the Steelers fix, Andrew Wilbar and Jeremy Betts with you. Jeremy, we're going to be breaking down the top needs we see heading into the 2024 offseason. That could be based upon what we see this year, what we see based upon who the Steelers are losing next year. It could be depth. It could be starters. What are you seeing? What is the, do you believe is the biggest need heading into next offseason? Yeah, it's, it's as funny as it sounds, it's all on defense <laughs> for me. Yeah. And I think it is for you too. There's mm -hmm. a couple positions that could could work their way up on the offensive side into consideration. Maybe 
center maybe somewhere on an, on along the interior offensive line potentially a right guard or I'm sorry right tackle even if if the guys that they don't have there or that they have there don't work out excuse me but I'm gonna go with my top need right now based on the players that they have the contracts that they have and and what they will most likely look like going into 2024 I'm gonna go with inside linebacker and I know that's pretty high up on your list as well, but I'm going with that because I still believe that the Steelers just aren't right as a defense without a an elite inside linebacker. And yeah. I'm not saying they can't be good, that they can't be even great, but I just don't think that they reach their peak potential without a Ryan Shazier-like player at inside linebacker. And especially since they are so multiple as far as defensive alignment goes now back in the early 2000s it was three four all the time they ran out the nickel you know on on third down <laughs> you know but yeah. now a days with with the how the game has evolved and i'm not saying that that they shouldn't do what they're doing recently because they should they've got to keep up with the joe burrows and the patrick mahomes offenses of the world that have five deep playmakers on on the outside that can beat you so you've got to do what you got to do, but Larry foot, James Ferrier, Lawrence Timmons and Larry foot. I mean, these combinations and inside linebacker have, have always been the, the straw that stirs the drink on defense. And you can talk all you want about the, the edge rushers, but shutting down the run with those linebackers and then allowing the, the pass rush and the, the Troy Palomalo led secondary to, feast on opposing quarterbacks, whether that's sacking them or picking them off, that was the game plan. And you're starting to see more of a swing back towards that, I think. But I just don't know if the Steelers have the elite guy in the middle that can handle what you would want him to handle. And that's why they've been searching for Ryan Shazier, Devin Bush, you know, all of these guys that they've tried there since James Ferrier's retirement, since he left the team, Lawrence Timmons, filled that role very well. Uh, Mike Tomlin landed a great guy there. And then you had complimentary pieces down throughout the time there, but it's, there's always the buck stops here guy at inside linebacker that makes this defense takes the defense from good or great to special to championship level. That's what I'm looking for in 2024. Yeah. I don't disagree with any of that. I went with strong safety is the top need. And the reason I go with that is primarily because when it comes down to the free agent acquisitions and guys who could be starting for the Steelers, as much as I'm not, wasn't necessarily the biggest fan of the Cole Holcomb and Landon Roberts signings, I would say a healthy Cole Holcomb, I would take over a Keanu Neal at this point. Hmm. And I, I, the reason, and inside linebackers on my needs list, it's number three. I think that strong safety is a position the Steelers are going yeah. into the season at. It's a hole. DeMonte Casey is not a strong safety. And if they try to put him there and try to get him to play coming downhill and defending the run inside the box, they're going to have issues. So he's going to get hurt. Yeah. He, he yeah. is a high safety. And then you, you don't move Minka around and hope that he can just acclimate. You, you build, you work around your star players. You let your star players do what they do best. And it's not that Minka isn't capable of playing strong safety It's that you don't want to, keep him take him away from what he's doing right now at free and allowing him to just kind of roam the field and do his thing 
I think at strong safety, I don't, Keanu Neal, he never really had great range, but he was always the hitter. He was the hitter yeah. type. If you kept things in front of him, he would tackle in the open field. I'm not saying he's not capable of any of that anymore, but we've definitely seen a step back the past couple of years. And there's a reason why he was just a role player last year. It's because yeah. he's not good enough to be a starter. And the, the, his contract shows that the Steelers just, they, it wasn't a good safety class. The only guy that really could have taken was Sidney Brown and they were higher on Keanu Benton. And they yeah. saw that as a need as well. And I can't necessarily disagree with their ideas. I, I, I obviously had Sidney Brown higher overall, but still I'm not complaining about the pick. I just think that it is a need going into this year, and it's not like the Steelers are going to be getting any better through free agency next year unless they reunite with Terrell Edmonds a year removed. I (laughs) I mean, I would love to see that, but at the same time, I would love to see them keep him this year for just over $2 million. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. What are your thoughts on strong safety? Do you, I'll just ask you this way do you have strong safety on your list? Yeah, they're number two for me. So I, I agree with everything you're saying. Uh, the the funny trend here is that Sidney Brown goes to Philadelphia and Terrell Edmonds goes to Philadelphia. And so <laughs> it, yeah. you're just seeing the, the Pennsylvania teams are starting to come together as a, this is how we play football. This is how we scout. This is how we uh, evaluate personnel. And so, yeah, I think it's a, it's a big time need, whether they can find a guy in the upcoming class remains to be seen. Obviously we'll talk about some of those guys, I'm sure in, in a future episode, but you know, it, it is a big time deal because again, when you're talking defense and you're talking Steelers football, you, you, you think, you think physicality, you think these guys that just have a nasty streak and strong safety has always been that for the Steelers as well. Ryan Clark. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it, it just comes in and, and goes as the, as the years progress. But the one thing that, that remains constant is, Pittsburgh plays physical football on the back end and strong safety is definitely a position that they could seek reinforcements early in the draft and free agency. Even next year, it's going to, I didn't look up the free agency class of, of strong safeties going into 2024, but I would assume that you're, you're looking at a group that you're going to have to pay somebody a decent amount of money if you want to get a big name or you're going to have to draft somebody. So it's, it's going to be up to the Steelers, which direction they want to go there. But I, I agree with you, Keanu Neal, I think I'm a little higher on as a, as like a one-year guy in the role. The Steelers will have him play. You know, I don't think he's, you you want him on the field every down. Obviously there's going to have to be a rotation back there, but it it's, it's not going to be, something that they can't overcome in 2023, but in 2024, it could be a, a big deal. I'm just looking at the safety class. There's not a bunch of pure strong safeties. There's a lot of hybrid guys. Uh, you have Terrell Edmonds, obviously Antoine Winfield. I prefer him at free. Obviously yeah. there's talks about Buda Baker. What could happen? Uh, Micah Hyde at 33 years old. You have the two free agents from this past year, Chauncey Gardner, Johnson and Terrell Edmonds. And then you have guys like Malik Hooker. He will be a free agent. Okay. Uh, you have J. Ron Curse at age 30. Chuck Clark at 28. Jordan Whitehead. Those are both could be available. Kareem Jackson, who will be 36 at that time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, you have Kyle Duggar. Some guys later down the list. Xavier McKinney. You have some guys that are coming off that first deal. If the Steelers want to take a flyer on a Grant Delpit, Taylor Rapp. Uh, he will be available again. 
uh, th- there are some, there will be options, but we, as we see every year, the teams that prioritize safety, they're going to keep those safeties. Yeah. And the Steelers are already paying one of them. So you don't, the Steelers aren't looking for another Batman to put with a Batman. They're looking for a Robin. Right. And, and I was going to say that uh, just because we have strong safety up on the list doesn't mean we want necessarily the Steelers to take a first rounder right there, but you got to address it somehow, some yes. way with a guy with some youth and that fits that, that mold a little bit. If, if you were looking at this safety class from 2023, it's all hybrids. And that's yeah. what the majority of the NFL is kind of transitioned into. There's not many of those pure strong safeties left, so they're going to have to do some digging. And I think they could, they could find a player second, third, fourth round kind of like we saw the range where Sidney Brown went this this last year, that's that's where you're going to find these guys. Can't disagree with that. What's the, What are some other needs on your list? As we get down to the end of the show, tell yeah. us what other needs you have on the list that you believe could be pressing needs going into next year. So I have center here um, in my top five. I also have defensive line in my top five. So, you know, kind of, the the fronts there i i peg keanu benton more as a three four end if you will uh, down the road i think right now he kind of fills nose tackle but i'd like to see him kick out at some point and get a true mozzie smith type nose tackle yeah. in there eventually um that 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 would be my my dream scenario so maybe the steelers kind of work towards that eventually I'm really intrigued by what DeMarvin Leal can do this year, where the Steelers use him. That's going to tell a lot about where they see defensive line next year uh, amongst their list of, of needs. But I think center, I thought center could be a sneaky good early pick for them this year to kind of groom behind Mason Cole. But for sure next year, that starts to become uh, an area where you might need to start looking for a player unless they're content to kind of work through the free agents uh, in two and three year cycles at center with some of these younger stalwarts on, on the offensive line. But then I've also got right guard come, or I'm sorry, I keep saying right guard, right tackle coming up as well as a, as a potential need. Uh, so kind of focusing the rest of my top five on the, the lines, and I think we're going to start seeing that be a pattern in Steelers brass as well. So trying to align my thoughts a little bit with the direction the team might be going. Everything is aligning so well for Cedric Von Prahn Granger in oh, round one. Yes. I'm telling you what, imagine that line, put another dog on that line. Yeah. You got the it. two, you got James Daniels, you've got Isaac Sayomalo, and then the teammates, Broderick Jones and Cedric Von Prahn at the two premium yeah, positions go. on the offensive line. Let's go. I I love it. And I just, you know, one of the underrated things with Roethlisberger in the middle portion of his career was, was Marquise Pouncey, their relationship. They played for each other. They were, they were the leaders on that offense too. I would love for Kenny Pickett to get a young center in there that he can play for the next 10, 12 years with. That would be fantastic to be able to get that guy. That's a, a big deal. If you listen, if you listen to other football shows, I listen to the athletic football show with uh, Robert Mays and Nate Tice. They're huge, huge proponents of 
the young center, young quarterback combo, let those guys grow together. It just makes your offensive line better. It makes your communication better on offense. I would love to see the Steelers go that route uh, in 2024, get a young guy in there that can play for years as Kenny Pickett's main man up front. And that is no knock on Mason Cole, but yes, the Steelers are going to have to address it at some point for sure. But interesting topic to talk about. And the end of my list, I have edge depth. Regardless of what happens with Chase Young, regardless of what happens with an Alex Highsmith extension, the Steelers are going to have to address it at some point. And looking ahead, I don't think everyone always has this initial impression. Well, this past draft was really strong at a position. So that means next year that position is not going to be strong. (laughs) Right. It's that way all the time. I, I don't understand that philosophy if you look at the draft next year there may not be as many high profile quote-unquote edge rushers that go early that's not a knock on the class overall the reason this year's edge rusher class was pushed up so much was because the rest of the draft was so stinking bad it was (laughs) a horrible draft class next year the draft is strong and you can see that across the board at so many different positions so just even though edge rusher may not look as great quote-unquote to our eyes on paper because there's not as so many high profile quote-unquote guys at the top i don't think that there's necessarily going to be a lack of really good players in that late first early second range we may not see as many go early but i don't think that's a knock on the entire class yeah because that's just a a, an indication that next year's draft class as a whole is better you have guys like jared burst that are going to go early next year several high profile edge rushers jt tui maloal from ohio state i'm extremely high on him and there's a lot of guys that have high potential but i i think Next year's class is not whether it lives up to this year's class or not. We'll see what happens, but I don't think it's going to be a trashy class just because there's not going to be as many that go in the first and second rounds. It's just the rest of the draft is going to be so much better next year. And that's exciting. uh, It is. And I trust the Steelers coaching staff to mold edge rushers. We've seen it now with their last two three real selections at edge rusher if you go back to bud dupree and tj watt and then alex highsmith those three guys it took a little bit longer for bud dupree but he hit his stride the steelers stuck with him they you know getting tj watt helped yes but he still was a a menace on the other side the steelers know how to to get those guys into nfl playing shape uh, where they're going to be successful players on the edge. So even if they don't spend a first round pick on an edge rusher, and I wouldn't wouldn't hate that either. Uh, premium position like edge rusher, I can always go for it in in the early portion of the draft. But I would not not be too uh, scared of the Steelers selecting one in the third or fourth round and being able to uh, groom him into a serviceable player there. We may yet see that with Nick Herbig from this last, from the 2023 draft class too. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how the Steelers handle that, but I, yeah, edge rusher, edge rush depth. You can't have too many guys at edge rusher either. That's why I think, uh, you know, Chase Young's on the, on the short list of names that the Steelers might like. And then you've got this draft class coming up, load them up there. That's what I say. Yeah. It's exciting. There's just there's no other ways to talk about. It. I it's, I know it's not everyone's thing to look ahead, but there's so many different scenarios and looking at how yeah. things shape up. Next year could really be the year the Steelers could go all in. 
if things work out with the offense because that's when you're going to have your window. I've Even been saying, they- yeah, I've been saying 2024 is kind of the goal Super Bowl or bust year in kind of the build process. They might be a little bit ahead of schedule on that as far as like we think we can make a run in the 2023 playoffs. I don't know if we're a Super Bowl team, but we might be able yeah. to win a, a playoff game and and establish ourselves as a contender in 2024. But that seemed always like the that third year, you know, after you uh, rebuild the the quarterback and the offense. And, you know, you've got some superstars on defense still in their prime. Uh, that's always seemed like the year to, to make the play. And a lot can happen in one year. Right now, the AFC looks stacked at quarterback. Anything could happen. Maybe Russell Wilson doesn't have this turnaround. Maybe Aaron Rodgers falls off a cliff. And we see some of these quarterbacks falling away. And it's, you know, all of a sudden the AFC isn't so jam-packed. And it, where it looks like it's impossible to make a playoff run because it's so packed in the AFC. Yeah. A lot could happen in one offseason, but we'll be here to break it all down for you when anything happens. Be sure to check us both out at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast platform wherever you are at, Steel Curtain Network. Be sure to subscribe to us, rate us, give us a good review. We love hearing from each and every one of you. We appreciate mm-hmm. you listening to our shows. Follow Jeremy at the Bets 93 Jeremy, what do you have coming up on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com this week? I'm uh, giving my reminder to Steelers Nation and the world that TJ Watt still exists and he is still the premier pass rusher in the NFL, whether you want to believe it or not, PFF and others. So that tirade coming to a screen near you uh, if you go to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com and then the uh, I'm doing the Steelers Sunday night Q&A from now on with special guests. Andrew, I'm sure I'll have you on at some point before the regular season happens, so that'll be fun. But this is my my life right now, <laughs> working on both sides of those. And then, obviously, Steelers fix every week on Tuesday. Let's keep it rolling, man. It's going to be fun. Steelers fans, thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Yeah.